And now, the Disney Parks Podcast infotainment segment. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Disney Parks Podcast. We have an awesome 50th anniversary show for you. Uh, the Walt Disney World Preview Center gave guests a first taste of what Disney was going to look like. And more than 5,000 people visited it on the opening weekend. And it's a wonderful sharing of pixie dust. So we have three women that worked at the preview center. And this was still there. The building's still there. It's located on Hotel Plaza Boulevard, originally known as Motor Inn Plaza. Uh, the center uh, was under already uh, under construction when it was announced in early October 1969. Sneak peek previews for dignitaries, officials, all the press started on January 10th, 1970, when the public tours began 60s, six days later on January 16th. It operated daily from 9 to 5 until September 30th, 1971, the day before the Magic Kingdom opened. So I'd like to welcome to the show Deborah Cheryl. If I'm saying that right, and Sue. So Hi. welcome to the show. Hello. All right. So my first question really is like, how did you find out about this job? How did you get hired? What was the what was that process like? I mean, did did you read an article in the Orlando Sentinel? Hey, we're hiring for a preview center. How did that all go? Sue, so you might as well start. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, um, an ex-boyfriend's mother called me and said, Sue, there's an article. Have you seen it? No. Uh, I was in between jobs, and she said, you need to go apply for that. And I said, well, they really need somebody that's really pretty and stuff. And But she talked me into it. So wow. I, I was living in Merritt Island, and so I drove to Orlando and – Got in line with 400 other people. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it was it was a, an interesting adventure. Yeah. So what first first interview was with Holly and. OK. And, Go ahead. and what were they, you know, what were like, what was the job description? What were they looking for? Um, They wanted someone with a bubbly personality and that someone who, I guess, uh, embodied, uh, I don't know. Come on, guys, help me here. I mean, they were, they were looking, they were looking for the, you know, the girl next door and, right. and yeah. someone that was enthusiastic about life and about Disney and mm -hmm. was curious about Disney. I mean, we're, East Coast girls. So, how right. many of us have Disneyland? That sort of thing. Yeah. Um, they wanted somebody that could be articulate. Yeah. And okay. that could fit the dresses. Yeah. Right. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Uh, so, from the time like you interviewed and you went through the process, how, you know, was it a couple weeks before you got started after that? Was what was the training even like back then? 
it took a couple of weeks for for even the notification to have a second interview, at okay. least for me. I don't know about for, for Debbie or Cheryl, but for me, it was a couple of weeks. It was agonizing. Mm. And then the second interview was with Billy Holsher and Bob Matheson. So okay. that was a whole nother level of terror for me. Um <laughs> And and always that forty five minute to an hour drive <laughs> to <laughs> contemplate it, uh, and then I think it was about a week later I got the call that that they had, had decided to hire me, and I think it was Val that had called me, right? Um, and I of course just dissolved into tears. Yeah, and yeah. then on it was it was just going back and forth for training mm-hmm. five days a week, right? Big great big notebooks. <laughs> oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there were things that they said, well, you can't say this. And these are things that are, you know, not Disney-esque, you know, stick to this kind of, you know, wording. I'm sure it was very prescriptive what you could or could not say. They gave us a lot of friendly phrases. Right. And uh, so that we were able to answer just about any question that any guest could pose right. and um, you know if, if someone from Kansas wanted to know was Abe Lincoln at the 1964 World's Fair we were able to say yes that's where he was introduced and then right. that is where the Hall of Presidents evolved right. and I mean so it wasn't that we just needed to learn about Walt Disney World and uh, the Disney Company. We needed to know every single aspect of the uh, the company and Walt Disney Productions and uh, Imagineering and everything you know, everything that you possibly think someone would ask. We had to be prepared to answer, and not really having any idea. Right. And, uh, of, of exactly what we were specifically talking about. We hadn't even met Mickey Mouse yet. <laughs> yeah, so, that's right. Uh, so we, um, uh, we were indoctrinated over about a six-week period. Oh, wow. And it, it was very intense. And I'm, I'm not sure that anyone since that has had that type of in-depth training. Yeah. Uh, we were required to be able to recognize all the top Disney executives that came from California as they walked in the door. And wow. we had to greet them by their name. Because we First, had to send photos and uh, their profiles and be able to talk to them like we'd known them for years. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Does anybody still have the book at home? We know of one person who has all of them. <laughs> I would love to get my eyes on that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's really quite enlightening for, for a, a lot of different perspectives. Yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we learn things that you wouldn't wouldn't expect. Like uh, you never point; you always gesture. Right. Uh, it, there's just so many things that that uh, you take for granted uh, in in your normal everyday conversations with people, and they. Mm. Uh, and 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 they're very specific about how they want them executed. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. We're at the time, right? Yeah. Well, it, yeah. 
what, what their favorite ice cream, what the exact ice cream. So really, even <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Um, so how many total people worked at the uh, preview center? We started out fourteen. Okay. Called us the Disney Girls because we were the first faces of Disney in the east in the eastern United States. Right. People had not been to Disneyland. Mm. They were very hungry and anxious to have that experience. So there were fourteen of us selected. Four of us were part time students. I was one of the part time students. Okay. I went to FTU, which is FTF, and then there were the ten full time. So Cheryl and Sue were full time Okay, and like how, how many people worked? Uh, you know, a typical day was it two shifts? Was it one shift? Was it just one person? Was there multiple people? Oh, multiple people. Uh, yeah. You had someone greeting at the door, and you had someone at the reception desk, and you would sign your your state book, mm -hmm. uh, and um, and many people would stand there and go through the book and see if they knew any people from their state that came, you know, a month ago. Yeah. And it was uh, very interesting. There was a drink station and a merchandise station. And uh, there was also a uh, a model and a video uh, film that we narrated. Right, right. So, what was the you know when what was the process when somebody uh, a guest came? You know, you said somebody greeted them. So, did somebody greet them and then point them or show them that hey, here's a film you can go watch. Here's a model you can go watch. We have some. What was did somebody guide them through that or it was kind of like self discovery kind of thing. It to them they in the theater everybody really wanted to see the, the theater because where the film was that had a small speed that we gave before the film and we had a very large i would say it was probably at least 16 by 18 foot model of walt disney world yeah. which showed the contemporary the polynesian the magic kingdom bay lake the lagoon mm -hmm. A parking area, ticket and transportation. And then in the film, it was high, uh, the light would actually spotlight what we or the film was talking about. Wow. Wow. Then we turned them outside. We took them outside around the preview center because it was all glass walls. Mm -hmm. And there was about it, six or eight foot on the inside were walls that had. Uh, artist renderings, since we had no photographs, artist renderings, we also had an area that showed the latest construction photo. Our guests were very interested in how it was coming. What you know, what did the cast look like at that point? They yeah. were there. So, yeah. and, um, so that was basically what we had for them to look at. The renderings were beautiful. They were very artistically designed. Uh, huh. color. Wow. That's good. Uh, were they done by Imagineering, or you said local artists were doing these renderings? No, no, no. It was done by Wed. Okay. Wed. Yeah, the Imagi yeah. yeah, Imagineering. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They they surrounded the entire perimeter of the building. Oh wow, that is fantastic. Yeah, interior. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I sent you the one photograph that I found on the internet long ago in in my email to you. Yes. That had 
interior of the building. You've yeah. probably seen. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to share those uh, when we post the the audio. Okay. People will be able to yeah. see those photos. So, being that it was under construction, what was in the film? What were they showing? Models or renderings, or was it Walt talking about? Uh, you know, the Florida project. So there was a narrator. Right. And then uh, and it showed basically they were renderings, but uh, they it flowed so well. You really actually felt like you were, you know, you are viewing the the park. And uh, uh, but it it was um, primarily renderings of what was to come in all the various lands Mm -hmm. and uh, that sort of thing. Right. Right. The renderings in the movie. That that was being shown along with the model are the renderings that were on the perimeter of the. Oh, building. okay, yeah. okay. And so they they saw only in context with the model in their heads already. They were right. able to kind of envision what it was going to be like. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's it. very. You know, I I would have loved to have seen it. <laughs> Uh, we, my first trip was in 76, so I missed it by like six years. Um, had my father just been convinced that it would have been fine in 1970, we, 71, we would have been okay. Um, so what other things did you do in the previous center? I, I, I'm sure there might have been days there were less guests than, you know, there were on weekends. So were there other tasks or responsibilities you had? Um, working there. Yeah. Well, we had you know um, primarily you know the merchandise area and okay. you know the drink area and taking the tours around and and then we were all assigned when various uh, corporate executives are potential participants in Walt Disney World and okay. a lot of celebrities uh, you know a lot of local um, you know politicians and there was. Uh, there were a lot of people all the time, and we we mm. were asked to go out into the community as well. Okay. And and speak. Oh wow! Like uh, all- businesses or universities or things like that. Uh, well, as a matter of fact, uh, I went to FTU, and that's where I met Debbie, and she was trying out for cheerleading, and I was a judge, and she made it. So, yeah. Yeah. So we really got to do a lot of things. We were trying to Disneyize Central Florida and the entire state. We went to all the attractions so that again we could speak intelligently about what we had in the surrounding area. Yeah. Yeah. Does uh, anybody have a good story about a celebrity or a? Disney executive or a, a local, you know, celebrity, a favorite person that came to visit that you were like, oh, wow. <laughs> I only got to see the back of Walter Brennan's head at the at the grand opening show, um, <laughs> you know, where we had the, the was I think it was the 25th of October that they did the whole grandstand and the, mm. the big dedication. Walter Brennan was four heads in front of me. It was marvelous. Wow. 
<laughs> you may have to remind people who that is because exactly <laughs> we may have some young people or millennials that may not really understand what that is or who that is <laughs> they'll have to just look them up then yeah i'm sure google can help you out there <laughs> debbie and cheryl definitely have good stories go ahead debbie <laughs> i'm just gonna say rock had came into the pre-center and Half of us swooned because he was such a handsome, elegant man and uh, very, very nice. We uh, we also took bus tours oh. out onto the that with participants, local uh, VIPs, the politicians, uh, business captains, of local industry. So we we would go out in buses and show them. Tell them what we knew, Tony, which right. it, it, at the earliest was huge mound. It, it was looked like a moonscape. Yeah. It was forever dirt and piles of dirt, rain, uh, lumber, concrete, steel beams. Uh, right. Amazing. But we say that pink balloon way over there, that's where the castle's going to be. Because as you know, Tony, at that time, the... Um, the first floor is the utilidor, right? Uh, the tunnels area. Yeah. So that was was being completed, but they were they had some of the pound uh, of, of earth coming up for the castle. And so let's say the contemporary might have been a blue balloon, right? Holly may have or green balloon, but that was also for sightings um, to to give people a sightline as to what. Uh, was going where and then also for construction to know where to go because it, it was <laughs> yeah just amazing it was the largest construction site in the world at the time right right that it's incredible it really is incredible uh, you know the, i always heard this story and maybe you all know a little bit better that uh seven seas lagoon in front of the magic kingdom really wasn't supposed to be there uh, it turned out that when they were doing the construction, that turned out to be a sinkhole that they it was just too large to fill. I don't know if that story is true or not. So I never heard that. Story. Yeah, I, I hadn't heard that either. Yeah, I, I know. I know one thing with regard to the the water areas uh, is that General Joe Potter mm -hmm. uh was wise enough to realize that Florida was not California and there was a lot of mosquitoes in that uh, challenges here right. and uh, he made certain that every waterway every didn't every puddle anything within uh, the well, the 27,000 acres that they water the water would always constantly be moving so that mosquitoes would never be able to uh, have families yeah, in, right. in, in the water. It, so, I mean, it really, it was, to me, that was brilliant uh, to yeah. realize that that was a problem before it actually was. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, I read uh, somewhere, I think it was in like a Reedy Creek uh, article, that there were like 263 levees that Disney can open and close to, to keep the water flowing and, you know, keep, you know, Bay Lake full of water or Seven Seas Lagoon full of water, you know, whatever water problem is too low, they can move water to that area, which I, I found to be interesting as well. So, it was, um, it, 
Go ahead. Sorry, Tony. I tell you, it's fascinating when they drank Bay Lake, which, as you know, is a normal lake. And right. when, when he flew over it, he saw the island in the center and he goes, buy this property. I want this for Tom Sawyer's island, which, of course, it didn't be. But uh, that was drained. They cleaned out something like six or eight feet of roof sediment, just the, mm. the trees that had uh, collected at the bottom of the lake. I remember at one point driving out to the site for uh, some kind of an interview, and I actually, they had drained Bay Lake, and I parked on the bottom of Bay Lake. Wow. Yeah, wow. I, would, <laughs> I, I don't also, think you can do that today. I, <laughs> I happened to the day they put a hundred thousand fingerling bass mm. into Bay Wow. That was amazing. And those out of Right. I I saw a picture and I think it was you, Debbie, uh, with Julie Andrews kind of at the the opening of uh uh Magic Kingdom. Yes, she came for the um opening uh presentation and show mm -hmm. we with special and she came for that and she danced through the magic a wonderful lovely lady uh, one of my favorite um celebrities for sure she's she's beautiful inside and out yeah yeah uh it, it seems that way it seems like she's a really you know nice person to bump into you know she would uh you know give everybody the time of day which i think is great does anybody have a favorite memory from working there you know, one thing, one... I have a number of them. <laughs> okay. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, this is primarily, mostly behind the scenes. Um, uh -huh. uh, but I, at, at the opening, I, at that time, was at the Contemporary Hotel. And uh, it was about three in the morning. And the World Symphony had been flown in via charter from uh, a performance that they had done. Uh, in I think it's in Boston, and they flew mm -hmm. down here to perform uh, at the on opening day, and every, they were very tired to say the least. And uh, we escorted them to their rooms and got everybody settled, and and uh, and realized that uh, we had lost Arthur Fiedler's music, and. Um, uh, so everyone was searching frantically, and we finally located it. He was already in the room, asleep, hopefully. And we, I, well, we, I had to sneak into the room and under the veil of darkness and put it on a table inside his room and come out without getting caught. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Uh, and and uh, it, it worked out, fortunately. But yeah. you do what you have to do. Right. <laughs> you become, yeah, you become very creative. I also met the chartered uh, flights from California with all the celebrities. Oh wow! And and they had uh, the night before had dinner with. I had dinner with Roy Disney and Don Tatum and Card Walker and John Curry, who was the director of hotels. Anyway, and I was wondering what I was doing there, but I was I was there for some reason. And right. I had dinner with them and we were talking about 
that all of them had already been pre-registered into the contemporary, but the contemporary was not in any condition to be opened, and everybody had to then be reassigned to the Polynesian Hotel. Oh, wow. And so I had to meet the plane and uh, get on the bus and give everybody new luggage tags uh, and room keys and so forth uh, and take the, uh, the contemporary keys and give them their Polynesian assignment. And I remember going all around the, the bus and seeing uh, Jonathan Winters and, I mean, wow. Every well, every every celebrity you can imagine, because it was an entire uh, airplane full of, of celebrities from California. And I came around, and there was this guy with a hat over his face, and I said, "And uh, your name, sir?" And he said, "Rock." And I said, "Yes." And he said, "Hudson, Rock Hudson." <laughs> I said, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. It's okay. <laughs> and it, so, so I mean, we all kind of have those stories that yeah, that yeah. Uh, you're just doing the best you can. Right. When you say uh, meet the plane, are we talking at the Stolport or are we talking at Orlando Airport? No. It was a, it was a, 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 a huge airplane. Like, okay. you know, I don't okay. know what it would affect it, but it was, you know, like, Couple hundred people passenger yeah, charter yeah. flight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, no, but what was interesting is that they literally, literally broke off the entire corridor from the front of the airport all the way to the tarmac. Wow. And and kept people behind them. And Dick Nunes and I walked straight down the corridor all the way out to the airplane yeah. and and greeted the guests. It was you know somewhat awkward, but um, right. Right. It was it was nice. Right. Now, were you all involved uh, in opening day activities? Uh, you know what? What was your involvement with? You know the grand opening. I was very involved as as ambassador. Uh, had the yeah. honor of of seeing the first family with. Uh, Jack Lindquist and uh, Charlie Ridgway, who was publicity, mm -hmm. along with um, who was I can't remember the third person, maybe Dick Nunes, and mm. um, they we had about we had sixteen turnstiles at the time. I think now they might have twenty, Tony. But yeah. we looked at the turnstiles. Um, they walked up and down and up and down, and and then finally Jack came over to me and he said. Debbie, what do you think about turnstile eight and turnstile seven? Or uh, anyway, and one of the turnstiles had the perfect family in it, which was the Windsors. So, oh wow, um, that's who it was. And Mickey and I escorted them then up the the uh, monorail um, walkway onto the monorail around Bay Lake. Then we went to the Ma the Magic Kingdom where they walked in. It was a truly glorious magical incredible day yeah i can't imagine that would be i'd be like what <laughs> yeah, everybody was it wasn't yeah. and it wasn't just from my point of view yeah the windsors obviously were over the moon right. uh, but but having an opportunity to watch the guests the yeah. ten thousand or so guests that came in that day they were as i like to say over the castle it, yeah. it was, they were, everybody was just 
enchanted and it was joyful and happy. It, it, the electricity yeah. of that day probably could have run the world for a few days. Yeah, I'm sure. We had sure. interviewed a gentleman that uh, worked at the Magic Kingdom on Main Street, and his job was to pick the family that was going to be, you know, on in the parade when there was a parade, the mm -hmm. family for that day. And he said that was the best job ever to, you know, pick a family, <laughs> surprise them, and say, you're going to leave yeah. the parade. And they're like, what? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I can imagine that, you know, picking that first family was probably you know, pretty impressive. So did you all go on to do other things uh, once the park opened? Did you become, you know, like ambassadors or tour guides or uh, anything? Did you stay with the company or did you just say, okay, bye-bye now? <laughs> well, I was at the Contemporary, as I said. What, uh, after leaving the preview center, uh, I did pre-screening for um, the uh, employment center and also mm. then went and established the uh, Florida Internal Travel Department, and I handled the Mickey Mouse 2, which was the Gulfstream plane for uh, the company between California and Florida, and I booked all the executives, and they'd be calling me and wanting to get their kids surfboard on the plane, and you know those types. <laughs> <things. laughs> yeah, the uh, so, yeah, yeah, right, the important right. stuff, that, really and truly, and and so that was fun uh, to do that and get that right. uh, established. Then I went on to the contemporary uh, supervisor of lodging host and host, which I don't even know if they do that anymore, but they used to mm. escort the guests to their rooms. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't think that happens today. <laughs> I don't think so either. I think you check in on the app and then it shows your room number and you say, all right, thanks. <laughs> That's about no, it. No, well, it was very personalized when, yeah. when yeah, first it first opened. Yeah. We greeted every guest and the bellman would take the luggage in a completely different direction mm. and the lodging hosts and hostesses would escort the family and and give them uh you know a story about disney and what to mm. expect and escort them to their room yeah 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 i think we should go back to that i like that <laughs> it, it was it was really a great concept yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, how about you sue did you uh do something after the preview center I stayed, well, I stayed in guest relations. My mm. primary role was in the VIP hostess office. Okay. And there was a window, there was a window there that was the guest relations window. Mm -hmm. There was only one right now. I, when we were there this past week, I think I've counted four windows. Yeah. <laughs> <Scared>. <laughs> My job was to greet VIP guests as mm -hmm. they arrived. Um, and to talk to guests if they had issues or questions, they would come to the window and see me. Yeah. <laughs> Normally, and if they were not happy with something, they mm. would come to the window and see. So, yeah, yeah I got into, I, I got to find out what the guests liked, what they didn't like, and mm. communicate that into the the Magic Kingdom maintenance operations. Whoever was going to be instrumental in, in really seeing whether or not it was a, an issue that needed to be addressed, and at opening, right. it see you know everything needed to be addressed. It was sure we were still working on it. So yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. That window stayed pretty busy. Yeah. I guess the good yeah. news was it wasn't as bad as Disneyland where it was hot as right. 80s and everybody was sinking into the pavement and the, right. the water fountains weren't working. <laughs> so well, yeah. That's why we called October the preview month. And we had... Right. Um, on the first, we brought in the first family and the first paying guests. Then the 23rd, 24th, and 25th, after we got glitches taken care of, we had the dedication, the big gala right. symphony, uh, and the dedication and the big parade. Right, right. You, you always learn from your lessons, right? That's right. Uh, so what did you do, Debbie, after the preview center? After the Preview Center, I'd been at the Preview Center about 18 months or 15 months when the ambassador program was brought up and my supervisor, Holly, suggested that I apply. And it was um, similar to what we went through for the Preview Center, the 14 of us, the series of interviews. They added uh, they added a few aspects and that was uh they we they took us well we we went out to dinner with our um preview center bosses too but mm-hmm. i had to um do some mock interviews some mock tv radio just medias to right. see how i would uh, do in that situation then uh and then just you know talk to to the executives and it was again all the way up to the top to be selected as as the first ambassador um there was just one year so i i had my year plus i did have a few months when the park was open because i had the park also before it was open right or you know just under construction it the the first few months were amazing to actually um open the park bring the governor through uh, different celebrities, Warner Von Braun, which actually Sue brought him through. I took him in the Utilidor uh, shortly before we opened, but Sue uh, actually escorted him um, around the park once we had opened. Wow. And then I went to the Contemporary, and I, I worked at the uh, guest relations, uh, VIP arrivals, and the front desk. Oh, wow. Wow. So you all kind of wound up doing something VIP ambassador-ish tasks afterwards, <laughs> you know, because you, uh, you were all experts. I mean, really, <laughs> who would know more? I mean, you guys knew probably more than most of the, the employees that were hired uh, for the 71 opening, you know, because you, sure. you were living it. Um, is there, you know, being that you, you all were just recently there, is there something that you miss from 1971 that – has evolved or changed or been replaced? Anything that, you know, you go, oh, gosh, I wish that was back, you know, the way it looked in 71 or that attractor was back. Anything like that? The Haunted Mansion. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was my, after, after guest relations, I went into the entertainment division and my job in the entertainment division was to help coordinate television productions, movie productions that took place. And um, in the during the holiday seasons, because I was an office personnel by that time, I was one of everybody from the offices were asked to please sign up to be a ride operator and work on the attractions in the odd hours when they couldn't fill in spaces by, by regular ride operators. Mm. And my 
choice was always totally good in that bad hat. Right. Right. So did <laughs> And I can scare kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Anybody else have a a thing they missed from seventy one? I, I think that we, we had about 2,500 cast in the Magic Kingdom at opening, and then we had an additional 2,500 plus in, in other areas, the hotels uh, and administration, Reedy Creek, um, Buena Vista Construction. Yeah. So I think... I think the intimacy of of mm. the the opening yeah. crew was that was really special to me. We we knew each other. Now mm. they have eighty six thousand employees right. all, over four parks and all the resorts. Yeah. So I I think the intimacy that we felt, but I would say that that the cast today. And it's a challenge when we were hired on in sixty nine. Walt's presence was almost palpable. You you still felt yeah. him because our bosses that came in, all the execs that came in from California, personally had known Walt. Right, right. The so his presence was very very um, obvious. Mm -hmm. And then you know I don't know how you really convey that still today, but surprisingly they do a great job of it. The cast. Right. They they want to reflect Walt's dream. They want to make magic for the guests, yeah. um, which really is wonderful. Yeah, yeah, that's good. It's good. Yeah, I I would imagine that you know back in that era, that yeah, I mean Walt just passing and then his brother taking over and you know bringing the construction to you know what it was, and then unfortunately himself passing away. I'm sure that was. You know, uh, you know, a, a feeling that you know everybody, you know, really wanted to do this for Walt, for Roy, and uh, you know, make make it successful and magical. So I think that's happened. Um, uh, that's all the questions I have. So any last, you know, stories? Any last comments? Cheryl has a good story. Oh, <laughs> which one's that? The Ray Bulger story. Ooh. Oh, well, oh, see, now the only the only reason that <laughs> that people will know who I'm speaking about is because not Ray Boulder so much, but he was the scarecrow in the Wizard of Oz. Right, right. And he was called Crazy Legs because he was such a smooth dancer. Right. And so when he came to the previous center i i toured him around and spent time with him and and then danced with him around the previous center with him. so it was kind of special to dance with the scarecrow from the wizard of oz right wow wow so. we all clapped loudly <laughs> and cheer. Oh, i think that memory i have was i uh, and cheryl uh, had the same and i i can't remember if sue said she did but the the company had five cottages on lake tibbet in mm. windermere mm -hmm. and we would i know cheryl went and i went they and so roy would throw a barbecue and have joe fowler who also had one of the cottages uh and and other the other disney execs sometimes they would have uh participants company um execs that, that we were porting to mm. participate in Walt Disney World. But those barbecues were really special because they were 
laid back. I mean, the lake, sometimes they'd go out on a boat. Uh, it was just a, a, a nice time to see yeah. uh, how they were trying to relax. Because I promise you this, Tony, our executives, they worked 24-7 for yeah. years yeah. To, to get Walt Disney World open on time. It was it was uh, because of hurricanes or uh, extra swampy area. It mm. just they yeah. uh, they struggled and they but they came across and they they did it for Walt and it was yeah. really the most heartening project for sure that I had ever right. been a part of. It, it, it yeah. it's uh, bigger than life. It was definitely bigger than life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've heard a lot of good stories over the years at, you know, D23, Expo or yeah. Destination D or uh, the 30th anniversary of Epcot. They did a nice uh, presentation. Uh, Dick Nunes has got some fabulous story, stories. Uh, yeah. My favorite, uh, just to quick favorite one was he uh, he was talking to one of the project managers i think it was at epcot at the time and he's like you know why is this big pile of garbage here every time i come in there's a big pile of garbage so the project manager was like no no that's today's garbage we take that out every day so dick went around the pile and stuck his business card in he went back the next day and he goes hey i still see the big pile of garbage and the guy goes no no that's today's garbage he goes okay great come with me and he went to garbage pile and pulled his car and he goes, no, it's not. Because I put this here yesterday. <laughs> oh, boy. that's When Dick would come to the preview center, we would all shake in our boots. <laughs> I kid you not. We were so scared. Everybody was scared of Dick. He, he was yeah. the man for the job, though. Yes. He, he's the only person that I think in, in all of the Disney execs that we met, mm. he was the only one to get the job done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you know where the Four Seasons is, and there's the um, uh, the golf course, what used to be the Disney golf course there, uh, that bar and a restaurant, which is still there, was kind of like off the beaten path. And one of the bartenders I'm friends with there said that the executives used to go there and lunch because nobody would really go there. And one day, uh, Dick was there with a bunch of people, and he turned around to the bartender and said, hey, uh, we're going to paint that castle pink. And the bartender's like, yeah, that sounds great, Dick. Have a great day. See ya. Two weeks later, he was driving to work and goes, oh, my God, he did paint the castle pink. <laughs> he was not kidding. You either love the castle celebrating the 25th or you I love it. I mean, I, I love it too because it's it, it was different and it yes. was fun. And it, it was, was absolutely the unique. The 25th. Yeah. Brides, a lot of brides were not happy, Tony. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. That's okay. <laughs> the, one thing, the one thing about Dick Nunes was even though I, everyone wanted to please him, mm. it, what, they didn't fear him as much as they really wanted to please him. Yeah. And he would right. just drop in at any point in time. You have no clue. It could be seven at night. It could be seven in the morning. And he'd just come in and prop, your feet, prop his feet up. And I remember him doing that at the Contemporary and saying, how are things going? And mm. he really wanted to know. Yeah, yeah. That's and, good. and he really listened when you when you said, you know, we could do this better or, you know, offer suggestions. And he listened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was an amazing leader, an amazing leader. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. It was just recently, uh, I was in Plancha 
with that golf era. And they just recently, uh, I guess, cleaned up the, the clubhouse area and took his name off one of the, the lockers. And I was like, oh, they should have just left it there. Just this. Yeah, you know, this is where Dick he Noon is. is. Gonna, he's going to speak to D23. Um, oh, at, gosh. Like Walt Disney World, the 20th. Yeah. Uh, in November, late November, I think the yeah. 23rd. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Good. It'll be nice to hear his stories again. I would. I'd like to hear him again too. Yeah. Uh, all right. I. Um, I just want to say thank you all for coming. I know you know you're all busy. I know this was kind of a chaotic time with the anniversary and you all going to the parks and you know, living living the previous center life again. So it was awesome. Uh, yeah. So thank you all for coming on. Um, and uh, it you know. We can't say thank you enough, you know, for doing what you did, you know, 50 years ago. I mean, that was pretty spectacular. Uh, and I'm sure everybody that walked through had a great time. Well, we certainly did. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Tony. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, and thank you. Uh, it's been fun for Sue and Cheryl and I to get together and uh, and, great. and really reacquaint yeah. and tell stories. It's been it's been beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So uh, as we like to say around here, we'll uh, see you in the parks. The Disney Parks podcast is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company. All Disney parks, attractions, lands, shows, event names, etc. are registered trademarks of the Walt Disney Company. Like a out of the blue Fate steps in and sees you through one inch upon a star, your dream.